Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. E plus R equals O, baby. Event plus response equals outcome. In every single situation, you get to choose your response. Therein lies your power. Therein lies your power. We talked about this briefly when we talked about um, that Viktor Frankl book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. How in any given circumstance, the only thing that you can control is your attitude, right? A similar concept here, you can also control... So e, or, uh, event plus response equals outcome. E plus R equals O. So the variable R, response or reaction, will dictate the outcome. Okay, so like this is something that I, you know, when I get into it sometimes, you know, we don't fight that often, but every once in a while, as any marriage, you know, my wife and I, we have disagreements. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, <clears throat> You know, as, as the husband and the leader, what I have to think about is, okay, the event is, you know, she did something that pissed me right off. <laughs> or I did something that pissed her off and now she's doing something back to me, right? Whether knowingly or unknowingly. And uh, I have the option to pour gasoline on the fire or water on the fire. And the, and the biggest thing in these situations is going to be ego, right? It's, o- it's always ego. Whether you're fighting with a friend, a boss, a co-worker, a spouse, a parent, a son or daughter, in every single circumstance, ego comes into play, right? So I think the biggest negative manipulating factor <clears throat> when, it comes to, um, when it comes to controlling your response is ego, Right, ego is usually what makes that response less than desirable and thus the outcome less than desirable. So I do something to make my wife mad, she comes back, she says something to me, she does something to make me mad, and I come back at her hard verbally. Okay, throw gasoline on the fire, now the outcome is, you know, speak for a couple hours, the house is uncomfortable, we might even go to bed upset, which is a big no-no. And we don't end up resolving things until the next day. We wasted 12 hours being weird and awkward and quiet around each other, right? Okay, that's the outcome. Less than desirable because my my response was less than desirable. Or I could put my ego to the side, calm my ass down, and have a, a good conversation from a place of love and care and affection and the issues resolved immediately and we get to enjoy the rest of our day. You've all been here. If you've ever been in any kind of situation, relationship, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So E plus R equals O. Ultimately, we dictate the outcome with our response. Now, your question to me might be, well, well, Mike, what if the other person doesn't control their response? That's on them. That's on them. You get into a fight with a coworker, disagreement with a co-worker and you make amends and they just don't want to hear it well they can go ahead they could be sad and upset and mad it's like holding on to hot coals and expecting to burn somebody else and a lot of times in that scenario you can't take it personally if I could give you any advice if I could give you any advice today is do not take other people too seriously and don't take their actions personally 
You don't know what that person's dealing with. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe a family member's sick. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Something might be going on behind the scenes that you have no knowledge of whatsoever. And you just happen to be the person they're going to take it out on that day. Is that right? No. Is that mature? No. Is that morally upright? Absolutely not. But that's how people are. That's how people are. So you've just got to learn to control your response. And even if it doesn't control the outcome on their end, it'll control it on your end. You'll feel much better. What feels better? Honestly, what truly feels better? Does it feel better to make up and do what's right? Or does it feel better to be angry and feed your ego? It always feels better initially to be angry and hold your ego because making up and admitting fault and saying sorry is uncomfortable at first. However, the long-term feel good for sure goes to the making up. You're going to feel much better long-term. You always, I mean, think about times in your life that you've been at odds with somebody that you love and care about. How good does it feel to like just make up and just laugh about it, have a beer and just laugh? You know what I'm saying? I had a lot of those circumstances. I don't have too many of those anymore because I've you know, everybody I work with is, is pretty great when none of us really, you know, all my employees and all my team members and all my partners, we don't, we don't argue ever. It's just, we all just rock it and rock it. We do a great job together. My wife and I are in a much better spot than we used to be. And, uh, but I can remember like, especially when I was in the life insurance game, just being at odds with certain people, whether they were competition or this or that. And just looking back and laughing at it, you know what I'm saying, after we had made up. It just feels much better to do that, right? I don't see, don't create unnecessary drama and enemies in your life. The way I look at it is, I used to be like, you know what, give me as many enemies <clears throat> as you could give me. I don't give a shit, right? It gets exhausting. <laughs> it gets exhausting. You know, it's like you got to defend here, then you got to defend here, then it's like you got to plan your offensive over here. And it's just like, dude, like, there's no reason. Life is going to throw plenty of enemies and haters at you without you having to go out and create your own. You know what I'm saying? So just never let the sun set on your anger. Never let the sun set on your anger. Try to be the bigger person in every single scenario. So E plus R equals L. More uh, specifically geared towards you know interpersonal relationships. We could talk more about... <laughs> e plus R equals o, o in your business. E plus R equals O in your fitness. You know, there's, you can control your response in any scenario. And it'll ultimately dictate the outcome. You know what I mean? You have a bad week in sales. You can let that mentally ruin you and carry over. Dude, that's the... Man, when I was in life insurance, that revealed to me more than anything else how mentally weak people are. You have people come in their first week, make like three grand, second week, make four grand. They get their name called. They get maybe a plaque or a trophy. They get a bunch of special, and then they have one bad week and they quit. Or they have one bad week and it turns into two bad months and then they quit. It's like you can control your response and thus dictate the outcome, but we won't go into that in a business sense. I've got a couple other episodes on that today. I wanted to focus more on the interpersonal dynamics and relational dynamics in your life. But um, last thing for today is I was reading. Um, 
So first of all, I think of Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, powers. You know what I'm saying? That that verse in Ephesians, I don't remember what chapter. Um, I got to get better with chapters and numbers, verse numbers, things like that. Um, but uh, I was also reading in Ezekiel today. I think it was Ezekiel 20-something. I'll, I'll have to go back. But, uh, or I'm sorry, Daniel. Daniel. I was reading Ezekiel, and then I flipped over to Daniel. That's right. So reading in Daniel, uh, middle of Daniel, um, I'll get the chapter for you guys. And a, a messenger comes to him and the guy's radiant, radiant, like reflecting the glory of God, radiant. <clears throat> and he came to Daniel and he said, I was held up, uh, by the Prince of Persia until Michael one of the chief princes, so Michael the Archangel, obviously, is who's, who he's referring to, came and helped me get through. And it's interesting how, I was reading in the footnotes, how um, he wasn't talking about the physical prince of Persia, the human prince of Persia. There's a, whatever conflict is happening on earth is happening in the heavens, is happening in the spiritual realm. <clears throat> Isn't it fascinating? Like whatever conflict is happening on earth is usually like in our physical human realm is usually being mirrored in the spiritual realm. You know, Satan isn't omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He's none of those things. Only God is, right? Satan is a fallen angel. And angels are absolutely brilliant, powerful creatures. An angel... Uh, when you read the story of, I think it was Gideon. No, it wasn't. No, no, uh, Hezekiah. Not Gideon. Hezekiah. Um, an angel went into the enemy camp. I don't remember who it was, the, the enemy at the time, but went to an enemy camp and slayed 185,000 men. <laughs> Killed 185,000 soldiers, one angel. So that gives you an idea of how powerful and brilliant angels people when, when these guys, these prophets see, or whoever else sees angels in the Bible, they literally die. And the angel has to bring them back to life, basically. I mean, they pretty much almost die. The angel has to bring them back to life. Their soul literally evacuates their body. That's how terrifying these creatures. It's not some, it's not a dude in a white dress with wings. They're like wheels of eyes with different faces of different animals with human likeness. It's like, try to picture, I don't even think we can wrap our heads around what an angel actually is. They're probably fourth or fifth dimensional creatures and we're only 3D. You know what I mean? But anyways, um, all that goes to say is I think the power of prayer, I know the power of prayer is so important because, oh, that's what I was saying. Satan isn't omnipresent. So he controls demons, and demons do his bidding, right? He's got a he's got a whole legion of them, and they control people. That's why you see, like you'll see these abortion rallies, and these women are like wide-eyed, literally foaming at the mouth, crawling on all fours and screaming. You cannot tell me that there's not demonic influences in that. You can't. You couldn't convince me that these people aren't demon possessed. Or at least demon influenced, right? So the point of all this is that the power of prayer 
I've really underestimated the power of prayer in my life. I have not spent enough time in prayer. I have not been diligent enough in my prayer life and I'm getting better. But I'm starting to realize now, like if you want to change things in the physical realm, you need to influence, like not that we have the power to influence the spiritual realm, but we do through prayer in a way, right? So if you want to influence things, and I'm not saying sit around and pray for a Rolls Royce, and you're going to get it. You know what I mean? That's not, this isn't some prosperity gospel nonsense. This is, there is so much scripture. I mean, Jesus, look at how much time Jesus spent praying. So like if Jesus spent as much time as he did praying and the apostles, like look at how often in the acts of the apostles, they were like just all cooped up in a room praying. There's a very real power to prayer. And if we want to influence an outcome, for God's glory. That's the key distinction. If we want to influence an outcome for God's glory. I feel um, we got to pray. I just feel compelled to say something to somebody out there. Um, you know, you've made a lot of mistakes. And I have too. Many, 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 many. And many that I'm very ashamed of. Um, and you might not feel, and this is something I struggled with for a while, you may not feel deserving of God's love, or you might not feel like, man, why would he ever listen? What's the point of me praying? What's the point of me praying? God's not going to want to listen to me. Look at this life I've lived. Well, the first thing I would tell you is to repent and turn from your ways. I was just, again, going back to Ezekiel reading today. It was chapter 18, verses 21 through 24. Yes, that's what it was. Chapter 18, verses 21 through 24. God says, a wicked man should turn something along the lines of God. A wicked man will turn and become righteous and he will live. God won't put him to death. God has no pleasure in seeing the wicked die, right? Turn and repent. Turn from your ways, repent, and come to Christ, and live in righteousness. Like, think about David. David literally banged some dude's wife, one of his generals, and then sent him to the front lines to die. He committed adultery and then murder. Murder. And look at how God blessed David. I mean, he took his firstborn son, took his son. There's a consequence to what he did. You don't get away with you don't get away with <clears throat> doing bad things, but it doesn't mean that you're forever damned. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that nobody's so bad that they can't be saved. Nobody's and there's example after example. Paul, formerly Saul, basically is known is believed to have murdered Christians. Peter denied Christ three times. You know what I'm saying? Like, guys, listen, I'm telling you. If, if it was based on how good we were as people, we would all go to hell. All of us. Every single one of us. From Mother Teresa to Hitler. <laughs> Every single one of us. If it was based on how good we are. Because it says you break one part of the law, you break the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? It's, your, it's, it's like some people, if we're all... If we're all five-gallon buckets and we take a drop of food coloring, if you just put one drop in there, you're gonna the whole bucket's corrupted. The whole bucket. 
Some people have a thousand traps. Some people have a couple hundred. Some have 50. From the 50 to the couple thousand, it's all corrupted. It's all cor- like, okay, let me put it this way. Got 10 five-gallon buckets. I put 50 drops of poison in the 10th one and one in the first one. And varying degrees in between. Are you going to drink any of those buckets? No, because they've all been poisoned. I'm not, just like I wouldn't drink the one with 50 drops, I wouldn't drink the one with one, right? But the good news is, is that we have salvation and forgiveness. So just felt it on my heart to say that today. All right, I love you guys. Let's get it. I'll talk to you soon.